With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden received his COVID-19 booster shot this afternoon, days after federal regulators recommended a third dose of the Pfizer vaccine for Americans age 65 or older and approved them for others with pre-existing medical conditions and high-risk work environments. The president said the unvaccinated are making things difficult for those Americans who have received their shot. About 23 percent haven't gotten any shots. And that uh, that distinct minority is causing an awful lot of us uh, uh, an awful lot of damage for the rest of the country. He'll be in Chicago on Wednesday to emphasize why he believes it's important for most Americans to be vaccinated. Also at SRNNews.com, a federal judge says the man who tried to assassinate President Ronald Reagan four decades ago can be released unconditionally from the restrictions he's been living under next year if he remains mentally stable. John Hinckley was 25 when he attacked the president. Jurors found him not guilty by reason of insanity. Now he's 66 and he's been living in Williamsburg, Virginia since leaving a Washington hospital five years ago. You may have noticed those sharply higher prices lately. The good news? Many business economists apparently think the higher prices are only temporary. A new survey from the NABE, the National Association for Business Economics, predicts inflation will come in this year at a hot 5.1% year over year, but they expect it to moderate next year to 2.4%. The leading factor in how the economy will do for the rest of the year and into 2022? The coronavirus, they say. The economists predict 5.6% growth this year and 3.5% next year. I'm Rita Foley. The Dow had 117 points. The Nasdaq is down 65. This is SRN News. For your Monday afternoon, looking like an excellent outdoor day. Awesome sunshine with a high up to 86. Tonight, mostly clear, low 61. Tuesday, sunny again with a high 87. Tuesday night, mostly clear skies again, low 63. Wednesday, sunny, high 89. And Thursday, it'll be another sunny day, high 87. Experience positive and encouraging teaching from renowned pastor, Bible teacher, and best-selling author, Dr. David Jeremiah. Reserve your free tickets now to attend An Evening with David Jeremiah for an unforgettable night of enriching Bible study, uplifting fellowship, and powerful worship. Coming to Jacksonville at the Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena on Thursday, October 7th at 7 p.m. You won't want to miss this special one-night-only event. Get your free tickets at davidjeremiah.org tour. Good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. I'm Brad Sykes filling in for uh, Taylor today and glad to be here. Uh, am I a little loud, Doug? No. no I'm, oh, you, I, my, my volume is up. I just blew my eardrums. That's out. okay. I that's couldn't up. hear myself. But uh, <laughs> you guys doing okay out there? Listen, call us today if you want, 844-777-7928. Good to be in Taylor's seat uh, for today. And, uh, you know, when you text me earlier, Doug, if I would – actually, I think you texted me last night. I was like, man, I'd love to be on today. Well, today's a great day. You, you What's funny is – 
Until you mentioned a book, uh, I don't know, maybe a few weeks ago, I had not really heard the term deconstruction Mm. as it related to Christianity. And we're going to talk about that this week. We're going to talk about uh, false converts. We're going to talk about apostates because that's what it's about. But I thought, well, how appropriate because (laughs) you had already been reading up on it and was Mm. talking to me about it. And uh, so... It'll be good to have you on uh, today, Uh, but it is Monday. Isn't it hard to believe it's already September 27th? Hey, you know what? Have the pumpkins started coming out yet? Have you seen them yet? Uh, All I know is they've got Christmas ornaments and stuff out at Lowe's, man. Well, they've had it out at Costco for four months. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, it's Brad, there's a lot going on in our world. Um, we We are in a place right now where uh, people are pretty brazen about being anti-Christian, um, anti-Christian values. In fact, um, the House just passed the most radical pro-abortion piece of legislation ever considered, not just in the U.S., in the world. Mm. It, it, it is so radical, and it barely got through the House. It won't get through the Senate. I mean, um, I say that. I, I mean, there's... There's a very, very, very good probability that it won't get through the Senate. But what this bill allows is for people to abort their children, um, even if they don't like what sex they're going to be. It it can be emotionally traumatizing to have a boy when you want a girl or have a girl when you want a boy. But But according to this world, if they're born a boy, you can just say you are a girl. Say that they're girls well the same people that believe that pass this bill because it's your body your choice unless it relates to vaccines uh so uh, not to get all political in the first segment uh, but you know it, it is hard because you know we deal with this stuff every day and we, we don't we, we don't want to go down uh the political realm in the first segment uh, we, we do talk about it because it's the reality of the world we live in we have it to is. deal with these things but I just want people to know, you know, we need to be praying um, for the church to rise up to be voices for truth, to be voices of truth for the vulnerable, the unborn are vulnerable. Uh, they're they're not uh, simply a piece of matter. They are <clears throat> human beings right. that are being terminated for convenience and being sacrificed on the altar of Molech and Baal and all the other things that we sacrifice to. And there's lots of arguments to justify it, but the bottom line is there was not one Republican that voted for this bill, not one. And one Democrat crossed over and said, no, I can't in good conscience do that. Hmm. But there were 218 Democratic congressmen who said, we think this is okay. We're going to vote for this. And I, I just think, you know, we are living in a time that, that they're concerned. Why? Because in Texas they voted to uh, restrict these mm-hmm. kind of things. And uh, this bill would mean no one, no government, no state would have the right to say it's wrong to select for abortion on the basis of genetic diagnosis. That's what they're saying that you will not be able to regulate that at a state level, that um, this bill would supersede that. 
Um, well, it's like the reach of the government wanting to control all the uh, elections. Yeah. And uh, that is not going to pass. But, well, you know, Doug, uh, just to back up for a second, because you kind of came in, uh, not apologetically, but certainly, <clears throat> um, you know, what's going on in the world needs to be discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know about you. I, I'm sure many of our listeners, uh, I've shared this multiple times over the last year, that when the election happened in November, in case this is a giveaway as to who I voted for, but <laughs> that that aside, I think I was so disgusted and have been uh, progressively being more disgusted with how uh, the information that we get. And, um, you know, we, we've, we, you say it often, I say it often, listen, you don't have to believe us, mm-hmm. but go do your homework, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the reality is SWAT radio, correct me if I'm wrong, we kind of started this with the idea that we live in the world mm-hmm. and there are things that are going to happen that are going to impact us as followers of Christ. And we need to know how to see those things, how to understand them, how to see them, and then how to respond to them. And it's, it's things like this that it, you're, we're not, we're not telling you how to respond based on our opinion. We're telling you how to respond based on what God's word says. Well, and, and let's take it back to Genesis and go back to the creative design. We were created. Why? We were created to reproduce faith communities. Mm-hmm. The base unit of the faith community is a family. And uh, one lady wrote an article. I can't remember which paper it was in. Um, uh, New York Times, probably, more than likely. But in the article, she she made the statement, I don't like somebody telling me what I can do with my own body. Okay. Now, when you think about a woman getting pregnant, a woman does not get pregnant by herself. Right. A woman gets pregnant from a man. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is a woman. Men cannot get pregnant. That's impossible. It's a medical impossibility for someone born a male to get pregnant. It just can't happen. It won't happen. I mean, they can artificially put in everything, but unless there's some kind of artificial thing that makes it all happen, only a woman, a biological woman, can get pregnant. But she can get pregnant, but for that to happen, she can't do it with another woman. Right. It can only happen with a male. That's the way God created in Genesis. It said God created the male and female. He did that. Why? To reproduce and to have dominion over the earth. And, you know, when you get away from Genesis, you get away from Genesis 1. Genesis 1, 2, and 3, Brad, pretty much tells the story of God's design, Mm -hmm. and it tells where we went wrong. Mm -hmm. And where we went wrong was we thought we could play God, and that's what's happening now in our culture. For, For a government that's supposed to be an entity for good, The government, according to Romans 13, is supposed to bear the sword of justice and be a force for good. When that government gets in the business of regulating and condoning killing babies, which is what abortion does, Mm -hmm. it doesn't kill non-humans. It kills babies, human beings. And and this bill would would go all the way up. It would allow people to get uh, abortions all the way up. Uh, till 
you know, birth. I mean, till the uh, nine months. And so there's all kinds of problems with this, but let's make no mistake. Uh, Satan is revealing himself in very obvious ways. And there's a lot of people that don't care. I mean, when you get 218 people that vote that this is okay and they represent the people where they live, the majority of people, that's a problem. Every one of them should be voted out. You know, and you go, well, you're just making a big issue about abortion. Yes, it is a big issue. It's a huge issue because we've killed over 60 million humans, 60 million people that have the image of God and we've killed them and and it's wrong and all of it goes back to genesis and uh and if we're gonna if we're gonna look at issues out in our world you have to look at them through a biblical lens Mm -hmm. and and that that doesn't mean that uh allowing babies to grow you know they grow up in a world we should be good stewards of the world we live in we should take care of it but because the world is is broken doesn't mean you just go okay i don't want to bring a child in the world so i'm going to kill him in the womb Mm -hmm. which is what a lot of people do you know what if it wasn't wrong why did they convict that doctor up in philadelphia exactly if it wasn't if it it wasn't wrong but see people deep down it is wrong you know inherently it's Mm -hmm. wrong people know it's wrong to do that and uh but they used to know it was wrong too um have sex outside of marriage yeah yeah well, uh, you that, know I, I don't want to get into the I, I, obviously we've talked enough about it but you know to me you want to be pro-choice well you chose to have unprotected sex mm-hmm. and you're smart enough to know that you know the consequences of that might be a child but we don't want we we don't want to address consequences that's right we 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 basically try to take care of consequences um you know but again i i think even with this bill it it highlights the problem when you start trying to play god and change things and his design because even in the language of the bill it's messed up because transgenders are going to be upset because it talks about men and women and a woman's rights and all this and well what if i'm I mean, you know, you are, it just gets into this weird, vicious, downward cycle. Oh, it, it is. I mean, it's like when we were discussing the HRO a couple of years ago. You know, where does it end? I mean, wh- r- really, where does it end? If you don't have truth, then it's up to you. That's so, right. Hey, we see that in Scripture, too. Glad you joined us here today at SWAT Radio. If you want to call in, 844-777-7928. You can also email us at ask at SWATradio.com. We're going to take a quick break. Hope you'll join us when we return. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. 
They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes here filling in for Taylor today. And uh, Doug, good to be with you. If you want to call in today, you can reach us at 844-777-7928. What a topic, what a discussion we're going to get into not only today, but throughout the week, I'm I'm assuming. Yes, oh yeah, the uh, whole week we're going to be dealing with this. And it's it's an issue that I think it makes people uncomfortable, Brad, because we deal with the whole issue of false conversion well and i was thinking just as we came out of that uh, first segment i was thinking about ephesians 6 where paul says you know we don't wrestle against flesh and blood uh, but against the rulers against the authorities against the cosmic powers over this present darkness and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places and you don't have to look far to see that and in fact we're seeing it in the church today well, I mean, there, Brad, you know, there was a there was a book that was out um, a while back, uh, I think it's about six, seven years ago, uh, by um, a guy named Vince Williams, Vince and Lori Williams, and it's called Falsified, The Danger of False Conversion. Mm-hmm. And they, 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 they start off by saying, have you ever seen people – who name the name of Christ, but when you speak to him, something just doesn't add up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you notice something different and strange when you go into a modern-day church that doesn't seem like the church of Acts that we're studying right now. Um, you know, you don't talk a lot about false conversions because it makes people uncomfortable. They don't like the idea of self-examination. Yep. Uh, they get very defensive. Pastors uh, and other people may talk about it in passing, but you don't hear too many sermons preached on it. Um, uh, you know, and the truth is, when you that that's probably one of the saddest things in the world for somebody to to be falsely converted or, or converted in their head, but not in their heart, mm-hmm. and they don't know Jesus. <laughs> so that in Matthew seven, when they're in front of him, he says, "Depart from me, for I never knew you." And a lot of it stems back to pragmatic methods of church growth and, <clears throat> um, you know, the seeker-sensitive church that even Bill Hybels himself repented of. That didn't Bill Hybels didn't start it, by the way. Um, one of the, the first people in modern history to really adopt that was Robert <coughs> Shuler out in California. Mm-hmm. And, Crystal uh, Cathedral, right? Yes, yeah. And, uh, but basically, in their book, 
falsified the danger of false conversion. Vince and Lori Williams talk about their own experience. They share of being false converts. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's still available out there. You can find it's called falsified. But, you know, uh, even so, you mentioned this term deconstruction to me uh, a few weeks ago. And it, it, it was ironic that I, I didn't realize how personal that term would become to me. To your own uh, life. Yeah, yeah, to my own <clears throat> life. Uh, but it, it's something that's really becoming too well known in Christian circles, and especially to people in ministry who are missionaries or pastors or, or full-time ministry people. But even even not just that, people who are just have a love for the Lord who raised their children in a home to hear the gospel and now this word deconstruction is um is is out there in all kinds of places and it's really just a nice way of saying apostasy you know i mean they they the the word deconstruction is is when a person who's lived their life as a professing believer and they begin to dissect and question everything they believe to be true and they tear it apart until they discover that uh, they don't believe what they've proclaimed for years to be true. In essence, they just basically they they recant their faith. They say, "Okay, I'm not. I don't believe that." Mm-hmm. And you were telling me specifically about a book called Another Gospel by Lisa Childers, and I know you read that book. I mean, talk about a little bit for me uh, before we get into this today. What did you think when you read it? First of all. <clears throat> well, I guess what took me... Because you've read a lot. Yeah, I do I do a lot of reading. Sometimes I have to kind of re- recall or look back over a lot of the notes that I'll take in a book, and which I did not bring. I'd love to maybe bring those <laughs> in the next few weeks or whatever when I'm back on. I, 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 do, I do recommend a lot of books. And I, again, I don't give a book or recommend a book if I haven't read it. Mm-hmm. Alyssa Childers' book, Another Gospel. Um, you know, I didn't really know... Oh, I mean, some of the some of the discipleship that I've done, Doug, over the last couple of years, has been. Um, I've, I'm hearing a lot of this. Hey, I'm questioning this. It's kind of this. I'm going to question what what God, what I've always been taught to believe. Now, I just said a minute ago, you can hear Doug, or you can hear me, or you can hear a number of people on the radio who are great expositors of the Word of God. But we've gotten in the habit as the church, at least in the West, to whatever you say, Doug, that's it. And and while I may know that's true, because I've been around you a long time, there's a lot of stuff out there that's not true. And, you know, a half true is not full truth. I mean, we can take truth. I mean, that's where you go back to Genesis and you see how Satan took the truth and he twisted it. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at going through Second Peter right now. I'm looking at uh, the final his final sayings there how he talks about being twisted, that we take the word or people are taking the word and they're twisting it. Mm-hmm. Well, if you take a text, and we can we could name dozens of texts that we'll hear people quote, people who mean, have good meaning, but they're taking the, the text out of context. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you're making it say what you want it to say. And we live in a time where we want we want to have our ears tickled, like mm-hmm. Paul told Timothy. There's coming a time when people will not endure sound teaching. Now, they'll endure teaching that sounds good. Oh, that that fits me. And so what's happening is 
more and more and how we get our information how we hear what we hear on the you know on the radio podcast all this stuff we got to be careful because there's a lot of stuff in there that's causing a lot of christians or people who are professing to be christians to question what they've grown up listening to yeah what they've grown up on well I, i want you to imagine for a second brad you go to church and uh you've been going to this church for 15 years and you hear your pastor that sunday and he preaches and you go home and um you get on social media and the pastor says hey i'm divorcing my wife and i no longer (coughs) believe Mm -hmm. what i've been saying i believe well that's what happened with josh harris joshua harris wrote a book called i kiss dating goodbye among other books he was very popular with youth groups and and in the whole purity culture back in the 90s. And then he was a senior pastor for about 15 years. And he was lead pastor of a church called Covenant Life Church. And then in July of 2019, via Instagram, he posted that his marriage was over and he was no longer a Christian. Now, just imagine that mm-hmm. for a second, the impact. Um, and, and what he said was in a, a subsequent post was the information that was left out of the announcement is that I have undergone a massive shift in regard to my faith in Jesus. The popular phrase for this is deconstruction. The biblical phrase is falling away. So I'm at least glad that he put that out mm-hmm. there. By all the measurements that I have for defining a Christian, I am not a Christian. Many people tell me there's a different way to practice faith. I want to remain open to this, but I'm not there now. That's just sad. Yeah, That's so sad yeah. because here's a guy who for 15 years was the lead teaching pastor of a church. Before that, he was influencing literally hundreds of thousands of youth across the country and maybe the world. And, and now he's just – imagine what went through the minds of all those people. And, and then after that – uh, not long after that, there was a guy named Marty Sampson who was a Hillsong worship leader who went around the world helping people uh, worship Jesus, leading them in worship. And he said, I'm genuinely losing my faith. It doesn't bother me. Like what bothers me now is nothing. In other words, I have a kuna matata, no cares in the world. Mm. I'm so happy I'm at peace with the world. It's crazy after he renounced his faith. And Abraham Piper, who was John Piper's son, quote, deconstructed at 19, said he got tired of being a Christian, was disciplined out of his dad's church, uh, then brought back in because he came back in. He repented and came back in uh, four years later in his early 20s. And after that, he said, God made it possible for me to love Jesus again after reading the book of Romans. But he has since walked away again and now he he's not only walked away and renounced his faith, he's proselytizing people away from the faith. He's got over 900,000 followers on Twitter, and he's putting out videos that say things like, people don't believe in literal hell, uh, what to do if you live with evangelical parents, you know, uh, things <clears throat> like that. And so as you look at these guys, and he's, uh, he's just one of uh, others, there's like – more than that another guy paul maxwell who was um a teacher up at moody said that uh you know i'm tired of being angry 
I love you guys and all the friendships and support I've built. He said this on his social media. I think it's important to say I'm just not a Christian anymore, and it feels really good, and I'm happy. Now, I don't know anybody that really is happy. There may be a temporary euphoric Mm -hmm. feeling of Mm -hmm. feeling like, okay, I'm out of bondage, but they only come to realize they're in bondage. Sure. Yeah. We are always in bondage. We're in bondage to something always. Always. And you can choose to be bound, like Paul said, chained to Christ, or you can choose to be chained to sin. Sin will always leaving. I, I remember a pastor saying this. It will always take you further than you want to go and cost you more than you want to pay. Yeah. And it will, no matter how attractive it looks initially. And so I I just, these are sad things to me to read these, Brad. And, um, you know, I I just, I know you read that book. No, and I've, I've had a couple of people text me just since we've been on, just said, so it's, uh, it's another gospel by Alyssa Childers. Interesting, uh, Alyssa Childers, for those who are uh, of our, maybe a little younger than you and I, they'll remember Zoe Girls. She was the lead singer of Zoe Girls, but we'll talk more about that when we come back from the break. If you want to call us, 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-SWAT. You can also email us at ask at swatradio.com. That's A-S-K at swatradio.com. We'll be right back. WTRJ, Orange Park, Jacksonville, WAYL, St. Augustine, WATY, Folkston, Georgia, online at I Love the. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Democrats promising historic investments across all levels of education as they push ahead with President Biden's $3.5 trillion rebuilding plan. The proposal including universal pre-kindergarten, two years of free community college, and expanded child care subsidies. Republicans decried as a step towards socialism that will strain the economy. Democrats are trying to pass it on their own, but cuts may be needed to win support within the party. Federal investigators examining overturned rail cars and a stretch of tracks as they try to determine why an Amtrak train derailed in rural Montana over the weekend. That accident killed three people and hospitalized seven others. The weekend, Empire Builder was traveling from Chicago to Seattle when it left the tracks near Joplin. On Wall Street, the Dow is ahead 95 points, but the Nasdaq down 56. This is SRN News. Traffic slows on the 295 East Beltway northbound due to ongoing construction blocking the right lane of the Dames Point Bridge. 95 northbound is a vehicle broken down blocking the right shoulder between 295 and Phillips Highway. And another disabled vehicle slows the flow southbound on 95 at Edgewood Avenue. Clear skies tonight with a low dropping to the mid-60s. Lots of sunshine tomorrow and Wednesday, upper 80s.
Critical race theory, socialism, secularism, these threaten the very future of America, but you can be equipped to stand for truth in our woke culture. Alex McFarland here urging you to attend Truth For A New Generation. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, October 15 through 17. Here, Frank Turek, Sandy Rios, E.W. Jackson, and more apologetics and worldview sessions for all ages. Visit truthforanewgeneration.com. That's truthforanewgeneration.com. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here on this Monday afternoon, and good to be with you guys. Uh, so again, we were just talking about uh, another gospel by Alyssa Childers. Again, we're not, uh, I don't, well, I guess we do promote books, and I would certainly well, we recommend. Well, certainly share resources. I would certainly recommend the book. I want to just read quickly. Uh, this is by Randy Alcorn, uh, uh, wrote, about the book deconstructed faith stories are the new normal we all know people who once seemed to be solid christians but have walked away Alyssa's story of her own reconstructed faith is a breath of fresh air she shares her doubts and struggles and the journey god led her on to rediscover the solid rock on which she stands this excellent book is a is full of hope and sound reason reasons for faith in jesus and god's word like Doug, one of our guests here a long time ago, Sean McDowell, said another gospel is a timely must-read book. Mm. Through the lens of her personal journey, Alyssa Childers compares and contrasts the historic Christian gospel with the progressive gospel. Nothing is more important than accurately grasping the good news of Christ and responding to the challenges against it, which is why I am grateful for her courage and clarity. And can I just say, Doug, you know, was it Paul that said, don't be surprised? Mm-hmm. You know, listen, this is what we see. In a, in a time where we, we, you know, for many people, I think there's such a contrast of what we're seeing in the world. And uh, just, you know, what uh, Isaiah 5, woe to those who call evil good mm-hmm. and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter i mean we're seeing this right in front of us yeah uh, well um i think that um you know when you think about um yeah paul talking about don't be surprised that satan will appear in an angel of light mm -hmm. uh, uh, and so we're not just talking about false teachers here we're talking about false converts right and and I wanna I wanna quote a guy um, named R. Scott Clark. R. Scott Clark is a he teaches at Westminster Seminary in California, and um, just to be candid with you, there's a, I have some points of contention with him on some theology, but I believe he loves the Lord. I believe mm-hmm. he loves Jesus and the cross, and he is a, he, he, for the most part, you know, these things are are non-essential things. You know, there's there's the essentials, which is the gospel of Jesus dying on the cross, 
and only believing in him as and, and that's essential but there's other issues that are secondary issues church uh, you know the way church governance happens and those kind of things but nevertheless he spoke about deconstruction and i loved what he said about that particular issue as he was dealing with it uh he said that for something to be deconstructed it first has to be constructed mm -hmm. in other words it, it has to be a mere human convention so and it, it has to be something that could be other than it is something that might not be without deconstruction in other words when people deconstruct they don't change God. They don't change his word. They don't change his story. They may deconstruct personally in their own life uh, from, from what they believe, but it doesn't change truth. You cannot deconstruct something that's divine. Mm -hmm. Only God could do that. Christianity is nothing that you can do. I mean, he says there are things like stop signs, buildings. Those things can be deconstruction. Why? They're human inventions, human buildings. But he says the incarnation, obedience, death, and resurrection of Jesus is not a construct. It's not the product no. of subjective religious experience. It's not a mere social invention. Uh, they are facts. The Gospels aren't constructs. The writings of the apostles, all these are or divine revelation and therefore they they are divine you can't deconstruct them because they're not human and he says i understand that life in the visible church is hard sometimes miserable but let's be clear about what's at stake when people speak about deconstructing their faith if they are referring to apostasy they are playing with fire and not the temporary kind he said apostasy is no game Jesus is no chat room moderator. He's the great high priest, the chief shepherd, and the lion of the tribe of Judah. Apostasy from the Christian faith should not be regarded as a fad, something with which young people experiment. I mean, yeah. And that's what I think is happening, Doug. Yeah. It, I, it's like this experimental, hey, it's, it's like New Age. You remember when New, I mean, New Age had been around for a long time. But you remember in the 90s when New Age was kind of this new new idea i mean even even in the last few years we've had books like the shack yeah you know which introduce a whole new concept of who god is mm. and it's you know i i like what he said there however i think a lot of people view this as a, a deconstruction from the perspective of what are you building your house on mm -hmm. you know we know but again, back to your point and his point is that we build our house on the rock, mm -hmm. the Jesus, Jesus, who is the word, the word that became flesh. That's what we're building our life on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can listen to Oprah all you want. You can listen to a lot of people who are going to teach a false assurance of salvation. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we know the scripture speaks of that. Well, they also speak of deconversion. Deconversion, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So here's what's interesting about that, all right? Um, the, the term deconversion came about in the 1980s, so it's a relatively recent phenomenon. Um, and uh, in the sociology of religion, Ann Carson Daly, I think, wrote a, um, a paper or something called Conversion and Deconversion, a Spiritual Palimpsest. I can't even pronounce that, can <laughs> That's crazy. 
uh, it, but it became more prominent a decade later, so in the 90s, in uh, John Barber's version of Deconversion, Autobiography, autobiography and the Loss of Faith. Um, and um, But, you know, those words are gaining traction. A, a very popular lady among people is a lady named Jen Hapmaker, and uh, the power of deconstruction or the power of deconversion stories. Michael Kruger wrote that apparently. And so this term has come about and people are using ways to talk about themselves. They just try to dress up the truth. And the truth is they're apostates. Right. If you, if you leave Jesus and, and Jesus is not uh, a Jesus apart from the Bible, you can't, I mean, the Bible is God's revelation to us of his son. It's God's revelation of his plan. It's God's revelation to us of how we interact with him and how we are redeemed. The Bible says without, uh, you know, um, without the word, you can't have faith. Mm -hmm. it, it is the preaching of the word. Faith comes that, by hearing. Yeah, that comes to people, the spirit through the power of the word. That's the way God is ordained to do it. And I just want to remind our listeners that in Hebrews 6, it says it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and is shared in the Holy Spirit, have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away to restore them to repentance, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God. This this passage is problematic for a lot of people. Um you, you don't lose your salvation there. You never right. had it. Right, exactly. The point he's saying they, they, there. That goes back to the, they went out from us because they were never of us. They weren't. The, the, the Holy it, Spirit illuminated the truth to be uh, captivated in the mind, but it never made the 18-inch transfer mm -hmm, to the heart. Mm -hmm. There was never a changed heart. And that's why the passage we're looking at this week, uh, Acts chapter 9, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 8, verses 9 through 25 is such a good passage because in this text, we see Simon the Magician. And Simon the Magician in Acts chapter 8 uh, has a false conversion experience. And if you remember what's going on, Acts chapter 1, uh, the church is being persecuted. We ended up Acts chapter 7 with Stephen, the first martyr, and, and Saul was there. Saul ends up persecuting, going house to house, dragging away men and women. And we saw uh, last week that you're going to be persecuted if you follow Jesus and part of his family, but you will proclaim him and his word. And so what happens is the persecution happened, and Luke tells the story of Philip as he goes to Samaria. He goes down there. People are trusting Christ. They are coming to follow Christ. They're uh, confessing Christ. They're being baptized, mm -hmm. and and Philip is just one story of the 8,000 people that were scattered, but it's an important story, and Luke focuses in on that, and he contrasts in 9 through 25, Simon the Magician versus 26 through the end of the chapter, the Ethiopian eunuch. And I think as we look at this, what we're going to see is this week the barriers to true conversion. We're going to see what, what really are the marks of a false conversion? And we see those in the life of Simon. 
And so um, I don't know how much time. I think we got time for you to read it. Let me read Uh, this. Read 9 through 25, and then we're going to come back and look at these barriers to true conversion. Yeah, and and by the way, I I had the opportunity after being at SWAT last week, go go home and actually share this message, uh, one that I'm very familiar with. But I thought these four barriers that you are going to kind of unpack Wow. I mean, what a challenge, even for those of us who know Christ and are walking with Christ. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I look at this story of Simon and this could be this could be in our churches. So here it is. Yeah, well, well we got one minute, so we're going to have to wait. We'll pick it up when we come. I'm a back. speed reader. Uh, you can't read. <laughs> dude. That's a, that's a lot of passages in, in a minute. But, you know, but no, let's go back. Let's just tell them what they are real quick. Yeah. OK, false converts care more about pursuing personal glory and ambition rather than God's glory. That's the first first thing. Second, they they care more about following the ways of the world rather than the ways of God. In other words, they want to be independent of God's leadership and provision. Third, they care more about seeking fame and influence rather than a renewed heart. And fourth, they care more about avoiding painful consequences than following Jesus and knowing God. In other words, they seek God's blessing not god yeah not his face yeah as you said yeah well glad you joined us today if you want to call 844-777-7928 we had a lot of guys at swat last week i'm sure you're listening in we'd love to hear from you you can also email us at ask at swatradio.com we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice at the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker If you feel lost Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes filling in for Taylor today. I almost started singing there, Doug. (laughs) I did. Missed those songs. (laughs) And uh, then I realized we were about to go on air, and I stopped real quick. Okay, so we're gonna we are in Acts chapter eight. We are looking. We're gonna Doug's gonna unpack these four barriers to an authentic conversion. And Doug, I was at church yesterday. Pastor said his his greatest his greatest concern 
is that we, and you go to a large church too i mean you know what is a large church today if you got more than 30 40 people it's probably considered a large church i think of churches that you and i preached at in india you know where yeah. there may have been 20 people mm-hmm. um you know but listen if you got more than about 100 people it's not a that's a pretty good sized church but his biggest concern is that people have a false conversion mm-hmm. that their conversion hasn't led to repentance which, by the way, repentance is turning from sin. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things you see in this movement that we were just talking about—the deconstruction. You know, it's they just don't want to. They don't want to turn toward God. No. They want to keep doing. Uh, I make fun of this statement, but the "just do you" generation. Well, well just yeah. be you. Just well, do you. Well, they what they want is they want you to accept them for who they are the way they are mm-hmm. without God changing who they are. And you here, here's the thing. You can come to Jesus the way you are. Absolutely. No question. But he will not leave you the way you are. That's right. If you are unchanged, you are unsaved. That's right. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. I yep. heard Stephen Lawson teach on that. Yeah. The, the, the job of the Holy Spirit is to bring about a sanctified life. Mm-hmm. But some people will sit back and say, well, that's legalistic. Well, the reality, yeah. God, God, God will meet you right where you are, but He won't leave you where you well, are. Well, no, and even the thief on the cross experienced a transformation, mm-hmm. and he rebuked. He had fruit mm-hmm. on the cross as he's dying. He's rebuking the other thief. Why? For not recognizing who Jesus is. Right. right uh, so, right. so it's not a matter of time. You know, it's it, it is a matter of fruit, and we're going to look at that. And you know. Um, Brad, this I, I do want you to read the text today, and because I think it's important for people to hear God's word, as 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 Luke tells about um, Simon here. Yeah. All right, here it is, uh, Acts chapter eight, beginning in verse nine. But there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city, and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. They all paid attention to him from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the power of God that is called great. And they paid attention to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. But when they believed Philip as he preached good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed. And after being baptized, he continued with Philip and seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. Now, when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. 
Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that in you, I, for I see that you are in the gall of bitterness, and in the bond of iniquity. And Simon answered, "Pray for me to the Lord that nothing of what you have said may come upon me." Now when they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. May God bless the reading of his word. You know, Brad, in the first verse you read, it should be a clue. Exactly. When he says, um, I am somebody great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, most of us are pretty adept at recognizing pride when we see it in other people, <laughs> not ourselves necessarily, but we can see it in other people pretty quickly. And here's Simon, but uh, to Simon's defense, he has a defense, he was doing supernatural acts in mm -hmm. front of them. Mm -hmm. This was not David Copperfield magic. This was supernatural demonic magic. And, um, you know, when you... When you look at um, a, a guy who says, hey, look at me, I'm somebody great. Um, and then they said, you know, you, you went on to read, they paid attention to him mm -hmm. from the least to the greatest. They didn't just write him off because he had been amazing them for some time. You know, um, he was doing magic. And, you know, the word magic is the word it really means sorcerer it's magos um it, it means um it's not it's a supernatural power that comes from like witchcraft or demonic power and you know we live in an age today where people are very open about seeking help through palm readers tarot cards um uh, demonic influences to find out the future. People dismiss that stuff as being a threat mm -hmm. to them. And God has always taken a dim view of that. I mean, like when people delve into that realm, uh, Ouija boards, all kinds of things like that, satanic. Folks, it's real. Yeah, it, it's, This yeah. is not like pretend. There, there are demonically possessed people. And Satan can counterfeit things. Uh, he can make himself appear as an angel of light. His minions can go out, and they can do things that make you think, wow, this is pretty cool. What they won't do is, is lift up the name of Jesus, and they won't lift up your dependence on God. They will make you want to be self-serving, self-independent, uh, and want nothing to do with God because he, he is a drag on your life. Yep. He yep. is, is going to keep you from doing what you want to do almost in the same way that he appealed to Eve in the garden to say, hey, you know what? He really, uh, he just didn't want you to know what he right. knows. That's right. That's right. And that's, you know, I'm working through Second Peter right now, this whole false teaching, and that we're not to be surprised by it. Yeah. But... If you're listening today, are you prepared to give to give a defense? I mean, not just for the hope that's in you, but for the 
for the scriptures. I mean, we're we we've talked about it that you know we it's a biblically illiterate group of people out there, mm-hmm. and we we don't do a lot of studying ourselves. It's much easier to turn on you know a podcast, which we're grateful for those who tune in. Mm-hmm. But this should not be your main source of spiritual nutrition. No. No, it, it, you you have to be there on your own. But but one of the things I want to point out, Brad, and I don't even know if I did this last week in SWAT, but it's pretty common that when you see God doing a move in Scripture, when you see God unfolding his plan and drawing people to himself, that Satan is always there to sow some kind of counterfeit. Mm-hmm. He's limited, but God lets him do it somewhat. I remember the parable of the weeds over in Matthew chapter 13. Um, You know, it says that um, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a man who sowed good seed, but while he was sleeping, his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared, and the servants of the master of the house came and said, hey, did you not sow good seed? How then does it have weeds? He said, an enemy has done this. So the servants, what do you want us to go and gather them now? But he said, no. Otherwise, when you gather the weeds, you're, uh, you're going to also pull up the wheat. Let them both grow together until the harvest, and a harvest time will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and then bind them to be burned. Burning is always a symbol of of judgment. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Brad, when you think about that, and you remember the question I asked that um, Vince and his wife asked in their book, they they asked the question, um, have you ever had an experience where something didn't seem right? As, As weeds grow, and this is where the apostasy comes, and they were never really there. They were a weed that was planted with good seed. But what happens is it never root. It took root. It was like the rocky soil, and we'll get into that later this mm-hmm. week, or the thorny soil, but it was not good soil. Therefore, the seed did not get good roots and nourishment. Therefore, when tribulation, temptation, and persecution comes, it departs, or where the cares and the worries of the world comes, it, it, it evaporates. It's, it's a temporary thing, and God's kids are not temporary. The, the perseverance of the saints is a key part of biblical truth that God, once you are born as his child, you nothing, Jesus says, can snatch you from his hand, nothing. The issue is whether you're really born or not. Right. <clears throat> well, and I think you... You deal with this right in this very first part of it, verses 9 through 11, this idea of humility versus pride. Yep. I mean, it's this is the part where I think Paul talks about examining yourself. As you examine yourself, what's there? Is there genuine humility or is there pride? Like Simon, who still wanted glory even after, quote, his conversion. Yeah, he says, seek you know, see if you pass the test is what Paul says when exactly. he says that. Exactly. Well, Doug, good to be with you. Hey, let me know if you need me again this week. So, All right. Uh, <laughs> I will. Good to be with you guys. Uh, go to SWATradio.com. You can download this uh, this broadcast later today. And uh, I will uh, be praying for you guys. And I'll see you on Wednesday. Yeah. SWAT. See you on Wednesday. SWAT. And we got SWAT women on Wednesday, That's too. That's right. 10 a.m. If you're listening, you're a woman in Jacksonville. 
Show up at the Salem Center, 7235 Bentley Road on Wednesdays for a women's SWAT. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual... WTRJ, Orange Park, Jacksonville, WAYL, St. Augustine, WATY, Folkestone, Georgia, online at ilovethetruth.com.